listening to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, Emily Yates, Kelsey <laughs> Coons, and Gerard Cuomo. All are current EMS providers and educators with a combined 30 years experience. Each month, we discuss EMS news, medical science, and review actual EMS calls, bringing many educational opportunities to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of all involved. Hello and welcome. What? I said he survived. He He did survive. Worst voice ever. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. Well, so I have to first welcome everyone back to the show. Uh, But Gerard, you missed last episode. I did. So now you're back, and because you're back, I can play your theme song. Finally! 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 Nice. Gerard. (laughs) That's awesome. You say it so like Gerard. (laughs) Well, that that was the whole point. You go from this epic wind up to be like Gerard. (laughs) Gerard. So like, <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so happy March. It's still fucking cold, um, and uh, I think today's episode is going to be really intriguing. As this is going to be one of our discussion episodes. We're not going to be doing a call review today, and it's a discussion that I actually was personally messaged by one of our uh, awesome, amazing listeners, Greg who wanted us to discuss this specific topic. So I'm going to hand it to Kelsey for the rig check, and then I will get into it. So guys, same announcement as last time. We have a new YouTube channel exclusively for the podcast. So there's going to be no further episodes uploaded onto the main channel. So going forward to listen to the podcast through YouTube, you're going to have to utilize the second channel. Um, Basically what you can do is you can search Benic Materials Podcast or use the link that's listed below. The podcast is easier to access once you can subscribe to the second channel. All the episodes will be listed in chronological order, super super easy to find, and all of our stuff will still be on the old old channel as well. So all the YouTube videos, all the shorts, everything like that is still going to be on the old channel. Today we're going to shout out our our listeners in the UK and Missouri, and then we're also going to shout out our newest Patreon listener, Sal. And if you want to... Hey, Sal. Hey, Sal. Welcome. (laughs) I like that name. It is a really cool name. And if you want... It's so simple. If you want to hear... I think it might be Italian. (laughs) (laughs) She's really trying to get to Sal. I have one sentence left. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Gerard. (laughs) He's holding it in. I'm I'm just here. That is my least favorite statement in the entire world. Oh, yeah. I have totally fucked that statement because she'll sit there and be like, um, I need to make a decision. Yes, you do. Looks at me. What should I do? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just here. And then she's like, no. <laughs> and then I look at the EMT and he also looks at me and goes, what you do? Today, I just want to say today she had to make a decision and she stomped her feet. <laughs> it was bad. Just want to say. It was, it was funny. It was bad. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to hear our coldest, funniest episode yet, make sure you join Patreon, and then you'll be able to get a third podcast episode every single month. They're, usually, they're usually pretty good. Yeah. They, they are it. literally the most amazing calls and craziest calls, because all we do is call reviews on Patreon, yeah. and uh, and they are downright just bonkers. bonkers. There's like, wet bandages flying. There's 
vaginal blenders. <laughs> oh yeah, there's oil trucks. All kinds. Oh of yeah, stuff. there's there's just oil ridiculousness. Trucks, vaginal blenders and I mean, bandages. Oh my. Yeah, like that. That's that's a terrible porn movie right there. <laughs> just could you imagine? That's why we do a podcast and not porn. So <laughs> that's why. Yeah. That's why. Because, you know, all the faces for radio <laughs> sitting around this table. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're going to transition from the uh, lighthearted subject to the <laughs> more. No, just keep going. What? <laughs> no, just keep going. <laughs> I was. You interrupted me. I know. That was my bad. <laughs> keep going. Okay, so we're going to go from the more lighthearted to the more serious topic today. And um, when Greg messaged me. He was looking for information um, specific to our ideas and techniques and experiences speaking to family about notifications of death. Oof. So you go to a call, you do a cardiac arrest, you know, the, the loved one or the family member doesn't, you know, survive the cardiac arrest. And now it's up to you to now go break the news to the family. And we have touched base on this subject many times. And I literally couldn't pinpoint, like, go listen to this episode because we talk about it for 10 minutes over the course of, like, six episodes. And I couldn't remember which ones it was. So I told him that I would just make one episode that's dedicated to this thought process. So, you know, it is, it's one of those things that this is probably one of the hardest humanity humane things that we do as EMTs and paramedics that there's no training on and that we have absolutely no idea how to do it. We're not prepared to do it. And we kind of just wing it and hope for the best. Or on the other side of that coin, we just don't do it at all. And we walk away. And I want to hear your guys, you know, kind of thoughts. Just initially, I want to find where is your headspace when you're not your techniques or what you say, just what is your headspace going into this conversation? Dread. You have you have two minutes, yeah. right? You have two minutes walking to the family. What are you preparing inside your own body to be able to actually do this conversation in the first place? So, I mean, for me, and in my experience, usually when it's you know, it's a cardiac arrest that. You know, the family is called, you know, the, they, they see what has happened and they watch pretty much, you know, what everyone does, you know, trying to resuscitate and they kind of see, you know, how things they are winding see the process. down. They see, yep. Right. They start seeing things winding down. You know, usually I'll even go out and let them know, look, we've been trying everything. I think we're, you know, at this point, you know, we're going to have to terminate and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call a doctor and make sure he you know, gets all the information and then let him make the decision. And then I go and make the phone call. And yep. uh, so th they kind of have an idea of what's coming. And then once, you know, the doctor says, you know, go ahead and secure, gives me a time, you know, and I tell everyone, you know, let's knock it off. And then I, I'll go to them. It's, it's easier because they've kind of been building to that point and they already know what's coming. Right. You know, it's not just, it's not an MVA where, Someone's asking you how their loved one is doing that was in the passenger seat, and you're like, "They did." Yeah, they're you're 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 not having dinner tomorrow, so right? You know. Yeah, um, and and I almost feel like, and you can you can kind of talk to this. 
it almost prepares you in a sense too of the whole process that's coming too because you're going through the motions of transitioning from patient care to now more psychological care. Yeah, almost social worker kind of thing. Right. It's almost like you're turning into a social worker. Yeah. And and it's... I won't do... Yeah, I mean, like, I, I I won't call to secure if there's like an um percent chance that there's something else we could do if i'll, I'll only call when i know this is this is this it. is com- completely pointless we have done everything we can possibly do and there's no doubt in my mind if there's a doubt we keep going yeah you know now what about you em like you look at it from a different perspective being the you know emt on scene like how often do you kind of do this preparation to deliver the bad news like you i'm sure you deliver it more in the hospital with the docs than you do on scene i actually do it more pre-hospitally and the only reason for that is because i feel like you know when you say like they're seeing it and they're building it and they're seeing that things are winding down their anxiety is going up for that because they're realizing that like this might be the end but they're still holding on to that hope that they're going to come back they're going to wake up you know like they do on Grey's anatomy like I feel like that's a very hard pill to swallow. And I feel like in my experience, no offense to my paragods, it's not explained that well. I agree. Because it's not something that we're taught in EMT class or nursing school or paramedic school. Like that's not something that you go over. So you really just have to like step back. And like when I'm going to talk to the family or if I'm going to go, a lot of times if there's a lot of people there, I'll actually just remove myself from patient care aspect. And I just go sit with the family and I can explain everything that we're doing, why we're doing it you know, and kind of really prepare them for the ultimate end. Because I feel, you know, if they're just watching it, they have no idea what we're doing. We're just assaulting their loved one and they're dead and we're not going to fix that. Right. It's a really hard pill to swallow. So I'll just go over and explain it. And like on my way over to talk to them, I just think like, if that was my mother, how would I feel? Or if that was my father, my brother, you know, whoever, how would I feel? And, like, I take myself out of the EMT and just be the human. Yeah. And, like, this is now my family member. Right. And I'll ask them, like, you know, what were you guys, like, what's your favorite memory? If it's near the holidays, like, just relate it so that they think of you as a human and not just as this person, person that broke into their house and didn't save their family member. Yeah. And you, Kelsey, you're coming in as a junior for so many years and now transitioning into you're going to have to deliver this bad news soon. Um, you know, how has that transition been in your headspace getting ready for doing this? I mean, I think as a junior, because I mean, I wasn't never really knew like, this is what I wanted to do that. I was almost too young and too dumb to pay attention enough to care, which sounds awful. Cause like it is somebody who passed away, but at the same time, like I never was really there when they told the family, I remember the first time that a paramedic handed me the clipboard and was like, go get the billing form signed. I was like, no, that is not my job. Yeah. And I was Fuck like, that. I was like, mm. I know. I was like, you're, you're in charge here. It is, it is not me. And I think like, I spent even, I was a junior at the time. I wasn't even in EMT class. And like, you're already going to shirk that responsibility onto me. And like, I can talk to anybody. I'm pretty good at talking to everybody, but like, that's your job. And it sucks because, you know, maybe your EMT is better at it, but you can't shirk it onto somebody just because, like, oh, well, I You're don't like doing it. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I but at the same time, use your resources. Like, 
my regular partner knows damn well that I'm going to be the one to do that because I'm better at it. And, like, there's certain things that, you know what I mean? But like, I think there's a difference the between choosing who's going to be the best at it and being afraid of pawning it off on somebody else. That's what I was going to say. And, and in that situation, you know, if she's already talking with the family and comforting them and stuff, and I'll, I'll come over and put myself at their disposal to answer whatever questions, and she'll help them, you right. know, if they have any questions that need answering, you know, she, she can say, hey, you know, this is the paramedic, this is the lead paramedic, you know, what what would you, you know, would you like to know? Right. I find you that, know. like, the worst ones I feel like for us to do are the ones where we don't do anything. Like, the ones yeah. where they are... Gone, gone. Dead on arrival, yeah. but it's not to the point where, like, the family can tell. Like, we yeah. can tell that there's rigor, we can tell there's lividity setting in, but, you know, I just saw them two days ago, and... In their mind, they call nine one one, and we show up and we save the day. Right, and like, oh, that's what they see on TV. That's what right. they see on and TV. And now you do nothing but and pack I up come and in leave. there, yeah. and we stand there, and we do absolutely nothing. We don't talk to the family. We stand there with our hands in our pockets, and then ten minutes later, we're like, "Oh yeah, by the way." Right. I mean, for the most part, I, I and this has just been my experience. Maybe, maybe I just keep lucking out, but. Um, yeah, they, you know, there's always those that, you know, are holding out hope, but but they they all seem to always kind of just accept the reality of it. And, yeah, there, you know, there's emotions and stuff involved, but I think I'm trying to think of a time where I've gone over and, you know, people just completely lost it and, you know, don't want to accept what I have to say. I've or any had that. one. Yeah, I'm, one tr- I'm, trying to th- I'm trying to think. It, it, I mean, there might have been one or two here and there, but they're the exceptions to the rule. For the most part, I go over, I sit, you know, with the family, and I – explain to them, you know, what has happened and, and everything. And they're, yeah, I mean, nine times out of ten, they're, they're, I they're feel just like grateful that for what we did, and they usually thank me and all yeah. that stuff. I feel like that's the case for, like, the older generation. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of an expected yeah. death. Not that they're sick or they're, you right. know, I like, mean, decrepit or anything. I'm remembering the gangbanger that But, like, think about the young yeah. people. You know, even think about your overdoses. And, like, yes, they know that their loved one is a drug addict and, Every single day they wake up and think that they're not alive. But at the same time, like, especially in today's age, well, we have Narcan, so you're just going to fix everything. I would say I would put that into the category of like the like the NBA where it's not an expected. Right. It's not where they, you know, were expecting this to happen. The six year old with a crappy heart. Well, people live till they're 80, 100 nowadays. Or, you know, my mom has finally been trying to get better about going to the doctor. She was doing better. And now she's not here. Right. Right. You know, and and I look at it with kind of a combination of everybody at the table in that I learned very early on in my EMT career from one of the best paramedics that I have ever seen be a human and do this. So I had someone that, you know, every time we did a cardiac arrest, it was magic. Like, like I was the clipboard holder because I chose to be because I sat back and I watched this paramedic who was my partner for 24 for five years on the same day. So how many cardiac arrests did him and I do? And it was that experience was unbelievable in that now you go in and you're more prepared to treat these people as regular human beings. Like I agree wholeheartedly M, you have to take yourself out of medical mode and put yourself into, I'm just Mike, Emily, Gerard, Kelsey. I'm just another human being. And listen, I'm going to talk to you as if I'm your next door neighbor, your right. best friend. 
whatever you feel is comfortable in that situation. And I think that helps you out. But I also think that a lot of providers hide behind the medicine because they don't want where they're comfortable because that's where they're comfortable. It's like the doctor coming in and being like, yep, this, that, the other thing, talk a bunch of medical jargon and leave the family going, what the fuck just happened? I have no idea what that doctor just said, you know, and I don't, I don't play that game. And it's so interesting that you say that because doctors and like providers in the hospital have the most training on this because they have, they take a class to learn how to tell people this. Right. And they walk in and they hide behind medicine and they leave because it's uncomfortable. Right. It, and it is, you know, this is something that no matter how much we do is going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. You are never going to wake up one day and be like, you know what? I am good at this. Like, right. And I'm, I can do it no matter what. I can't wait to do it. Right. Exactly. I can't yeah, wait I to do it. Like this is going to be emotionally draining for anyone who does it. And that's expected. Like, we are not, in today's day and age, you do not see people dying left and right of fever, of toe right. pain, of gangrene, of, you know, of accidents like they were 300 years ago, 400 years ago, whatever, where death was acceptable from right. Your life day one. like 36. Yeah. Right. Yeah. From day one all the way until old age because you could have 12 children and three of them make it to adulthood. Right. You knew that death was coming. So we don't see that. So death is this thing that is a mystery now. It's not acceptable. Right. You you look at the Narcan deaths, and you're like, well, we had Narcan. Why is a 30-year-old drug addict dead now? Or the one that I recall is I had a 12-year-old that was a skateboard accident that went into traumatic arrest, and then I had to break news to mom. And I, there are certain things that are always envisioned. They get burned into your memory. Right. And <clears throat> mom being told that news, leaning up against the wall, and then screaming and sliding down the wall, I will never forget. Yeah. But that's Moms been the... Moms make a sound that... You don't ever forget. Yeah, you I never forget. And that is, that is the only time I've ever had that type of reaction. Yeah. In 15 years, never had it again. And thank God. Yeah. But it sticks with you. And you can use that experience. You should be building on every single mm-hmm. one of these to get better at the next one. And, and I, think the, I think that's kind of what we've been touching on is it's that, you know, that, like I said, that, person who was in cardiac arrest and you know oh you know it's been coming or you know oh we've we you know he's has heart problems something like that you know what i mean it, it's it's not as acute right as it's expected, it's expected exactly you know it's more easily acceptable you know accepted by them when right. we tell them which makes it easier on us because yes. we can see they're off their play off their body language hey they're not going to freak out on me they're not going to you know scream or anything like that and we can just keep this at a professional level and, you know, I can do what I can to comfort them, whatever I, you know, I tell them, because you know me, I always tell them, what would you like me to do? Right. I'm at your disposal. I will cook your breakfast. I'll do whatever you want. Right. You know, just yeah. tell me what to do. Yep. And, uh, you know, do you want to have any questions, anything like that? You know, that's my thing. But it's that completely unexpected. It's the, you know, it's the one-year-old that chewed on the fucking cigarette butts in the ashtray. And why is my baby dead? Right. You know, well, there's a thing called nicotine poisoning. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, 
you know, do you explain that to them or, you know, those are the because you yeah I mean you it's know, like at that point at that point I know what the I know what the problem was but right I can't sit there saying hey mom you know you fucked up yeah yeah you know, and it's just like what the fuck do you say because they already believe you that know. they fucked up right. you don't need to reinforce right. that they fucked up right. yeah or the you NBA know? where you know the the, the sixteen year old is underneath the Audi and right and it just happens you know, mom runs to the scene from down the block right you know so I think there are definitely um, you know techniques to be used that I think all of us utilize um, in our own form and fashion. And that's the thing with this. The biggest takeaway that I can say is that everybody will do this differently. No, you can't listen to this episode and be like, I am going to do Mike's way, Emily's way. There is no blueprint to this. Every family is different. Every situation is different. You know, and that's what I was going to say. Like you could go the same way every time. And you know, when I first started doing this, because I was like Kelsey, like I was a teenager and they're like, Oh, go tell the family that they're dead. Like what? Right. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. And like all I can, it's the worst thing you ever do because you don't know how to process any of that. And you're like, uh, but all I thought to myself is like, if I was in their situation, what would I want to hear? But not everybody wants to hear what I want to hear. So everybody's going to react differently. So even if you think that you have the best way and you've never had a bad outcome, like if something happens tomorrow and this family does not take to what you're saying, let somebody else say it. Like, you know, I agree with different. I agree with utilizing your resources too. You know, like, you know, we have status EMS all over, yeah. whether it be status EMT, status paramedicus, yeah. it's like you get on scene of a cardiac arrest and it's not just two people anymore. It's six, it's seven, it's cops, it's firemen, it's everybody. you know, it's everybody. Yeah. So, you know, when you're running that cardiac arrest, if you can have the EMT fireman that knows exactly what's going on, be like, hey, go over, take the family, second room, whatever, and explain Everything that we are doing, I'll come in for updates, I'll introduce myself, whatever. Have them almost as the counselor. Yeah. Don't have them involved, have them as the family counselor. I have almost never been more thankful for volunteer firemen than cardiac arrest because most of the time, all of the time, that's their community and I can promise you there is a good chance that they know that person, that person's brother, that person's somebody. And whether you know them or not, having that link, and maybe, you know, they're not going to, they don't want to be the one to break the ice, no. But they're somebody, they're a familiar face. They're a yes. familiar face. It's a familiar face. face. And, you know, me and Emily get that because we grew up where we work. But but that's also one of the reasons so that I helpful. love that so much. Like, I love to be the familiar face so that the worst day of your life, you look and you're like, okay, Kelsey's here. Like, right. if this is the worst day of my life, I know that I had a friendly face there. The and one I that know, I know. I can trust that, right. you know, what she's saying is true, that they really did everything. And the thing is, too, is, like, don't be quick to be like, all right, take them in another room and explain it. Like, let them see it. Yes. Because you can talk, you can tell somebody that the sky is purple. doesn't mean they're going to believe you. Mm -hmm. Let them see what's happening and walk them through it. I'm not saying, you know, stand over the body and get in the way, but you can take them to the corner and explain it quietly, and that's not going to disrupt the scene. Right. Mm -hmm. So don't necessarily just pull them out and be like, go in the garage. Right. Again, case by case basis, yeah. you know, again, if they're freaking out, right. you can't keep them in the corner. You right. can you can console them in a separate room, you know. And one of the things that, again, I, I had the most amazing teacher in this is that he would always explain as the process was going if we could, right? But as the as the phone call is being made or, or this, that, the other thing, 
you would see him go in just like, you know, Gerard said, explain, listen, this is this is where we're going. You know, this is kind of this is exactly what we've done. This is exactly what we're finding and it's not in humongous medical jargon. It's Yeah, don't talk over you the know, head. Listen, their their heart is not beating. There is you know, there's no electrical activity in the heart. It's not pumping blood to the body. Right? Their brain is not getting perfused. Right now they are they are dead. You know, and in in blatant terms, people can understand. You know, if you're if you're sitting there and you're saying, Oh, well, they've passed or they've this, that that can be it's hairy. Some it's vague. Yeah. It's well. What do you mean they've passed? You know well, they passed what? They passed what? They passed the kidney stone. Yeah. Like what? Right. Did you catch it? Like what? Right. What'd you do? Um, you know it is vague and people laugh, but it's true. Like they want to hold on to any bit of hope. You know, and yeah, you kind of have to be the hope crusher. I was going to say to be blunt, you have to kill the hope. You have to kill the hope and explain to them that this is the process has been done, yeah. and this is the outcome. And, you know, I will usually, I will go in and I make contact before I even, like halfway through the, through the thing, I'll sit there and be like, all right, Gerard, this is, this is where we are in the arrest algorithm. You are going to take over until I come back. And then I leave as the primary, I will leave because I've left equal or higher in my spot and I will leave and I will introduce myself. Hey, my name is Mike Turek. I'm paramedic with so-and-so, you know, rescue squad. We've been in there working on, you know, what's their name? Like, you know, if I don't know it, blah, blah, whatever. What are all your guys' names? Introduce me right. to every... There could be 12 people. Right. I want to know everybody's name, who they are. Like, okay, is everybody prepared for having a conversation? If not, let's remove them and have a conversation. Listen. You know, we found them like this. You guys called us. We got here. This was their heart. You know, their heart yeah. was was beating, but not effectively. We did a shock. We might have given medications to help, you know, the heart right. beat a little bit. You know, we put a plastic tube down their throat so to help them breathe, put air right into their lungs. You know, easy, understandable things that show that you're doing something, right. you know, and say to them, I usually say to them at this point, listen, if anybody wants to come in, it's mm -hmm. going to be scary, but I will walk you in and answer any questions. And maybe one person comes in, but you right. know what? That's okay. I go in and it's almost like the social worker because yeah. that's, that's where you need to be. Right. And if they're like, no, no, no. Okay. I'm going to go in. I'm going to check on the progress. See if we've made anything different. And, I will come back in a few minutes. Cool. Come in. Gerard tells me everything that he's done. Three epis later. Awesome. Fabulous. Where are we? Okay. It's getting to the point where now we're going to cut. Sure. I'm going to go make a phone call. But I go back and I'm telling them, listen, we've gotten to the end of the rope. It's been 35 minutes. I don't see any you know, positive outcome here. I'm going to call a doctor, talk to them, see what they want us to do. But letting you know. This is probably the end of us doing anything here. Right. Okay, cool. They're prepared as best they can be. Yeah. Come back. Go uh, And again, now you're, okay, guys, done. Leave everyone else to pack up. You are the social worker to that right. family. 
you know, and that's that's the process to Your go job through. Shifts though, like you are the primary caregiver then, and now you are primarily for the family. Right. You now went from one patient to 12. one or seven yeah. or twelve or however many people there are, you know, and your scene might change because two people could be distraught, and then the drunk uncle comes in right. and fucking flips out. Right. Well, and this is what I was, that's where I was going to go next was you know the body language. Yeah, it tells you a lot of what the people you're dealing with are gonna be like you know you can just like when you can tell you know when the crackhead's gonna get froggy and jump you know mm-hmm. you you kind of over the time you you build up that you know just that that spider sense like hey i can read these people you know okay this one's gonna be able to handle it this one's holding it together that one's a fucking crackpot right you know um i mean i'm sorry but i mean that's a, being blunt mm-hmm. you know and you know it it may make me make a different decision on who to talk to. Maybe, you know, hey, can can we talk over here and I'll explain things to you. You know, I'll find the person who's sane. Yes. Know, and leave the, the crackpot off in the, in the corner. Yep. Um, and until later. But, um, yeah, it, in those situations, it's, it's, like I said, for me, it's a little easier because, you know, we're there, we're working. They've, you know, been there. They see what, you know, what, Everything from beginning to end. Um, I think the hard one is when you have to, and and the best thing, way I could I could say to do it is when it's it's just that that acute that unplanned death. And the best way for me, and this is just my own personal thing, is rip the bandaid off. Yeah, you have to. Mm-hmm. You, you, like you, you said, you have to tear the hope. That something is yeah. miraculous, miracles going to whip down and s- oh my god! Especially when there's no resuscitative effort. Right. When, when you get there and you know, like I said, it, you know, she's under the car. Yeah. And you know, here comes mom, and it's we've done all we can. There's nothing we can do here. Right. Mom. You know, I'm sorry for your loss. Yep. You know that that's that's it. And then I try to remove myself. If I can, you know, because you know the hysteria that, that's coming. Yep. Um, I know it sounds sexist, but I usually hopefully have a female partner or a female provider on scene. I apologize if that is misogynistic. I mean, you're, you're just setting yourself up because EMS is male-dominated. So. Yeah. so you say, and so a lot of people say, but I can tell you right now, I have had way more female partners than I've had male partners in my career. It's just... I don't know if it's just the w- way things went down, but everyone's like, oh, it's just male-dominated thing. I'm like... They're just chasing Holy him. crap. I've oh. Had, I, uh, don't tell Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, How did Tammy happen? When you're in That's demand, true. You know? That just is chasing true. Them. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> yeah, you know, there's so much of me to love. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, you know, it, I know it sounds, you know, whatever, outdated or, you know, not with the times, but... I found that, you know, me being the one that breaks it and let's, you, also you know, look scary. Hey, th- this is it the might not be the female thing. It could just be that. It could, yeah, it could just uh, be that, you know. But how the hell do I do it with my eyebrows? Well, but, but th- this Great is my point. question. It's, it's <laughs> like, right? Put the hat down. I, it's enough. my job to deliver that. But in those situations where it's, you know, an MVA death or it's an overdose or something like that, and it's, you know, it's a youngster or it's a young adult, you know, and you have parents involved, or you have a you know wife involved, or you have something along those lines there. And this was not something that was expected. This is just out of the blue. 
I, I will make the notification as blunt as I possibly can, being respectful mm-hmm. and being as nice as I can be. And then I usually try, I'll, I'll try to find some way of getting a female provider over to have more discussion with them, let them grieve because they're, you know, they're going to freak out. And I'm not going to get in the way of that. And somewhere along the way, I kind of slip out and slip the female in. And Kelsey, what I'm getting at is that in the middle of March, we're doing all the notifications. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Much. Anybody that listens to me like, oh, good, Kelsey. There you go. No. And like I said, I, I do the notification. I, I still. But it, that brings up a great it, point, though, because when you're giving the notification for like that acute death and that unexpected death, yeah. you're the bad guy. Right. Yeah. So it's like almost they good don't to necessarily want to talk to you anymore. Right. And in my experience, like I said, in my experience, you know, a and I know there's certain females like, you know, like see you next Tuesdays you, that you know that you don't even want to. Like, no, don't <laughs> yeah. don't talk to anybody. You go stand over there and shut the fuck up. Don't even talk right. to me. Right. Yeah. Right. But put yourself in the corner. But I know, you know, I know, like you guys, like stuff like that. If we're there and I can, I can go down there and say, hey, you know, mom is fucked up right now. Okay, I just told her, you know, baby's not coming back. Go hold her hand. Do me a favor. Go be with her. But I'm we're go take also care of more likely things. to like go over and give mom a hug, right? Than you are, and that would right. like that might be uncomfortable for as her. As much as yeah. I want to, I right. know that that's not the right thing for right. me it's to do. Less right? You know, intimidating it's for less us intimidating to do. It. If I put my hand out to hold your hand, right? When I'm, it's just uh, it's five it's, two, tiny blo- like tiny right. small girl. Right. You're not intimidating. Yeah. You're you know you have a, a, a caring demeanor. You know, I try to be, but I know I'm I'm a dude with a fucking beard, you know. Right. And it's, it's funny, you know, one of the one of the things that I remember watching um my paramedic partner do was almost that female aspect of the caring nature, which he did so well. Like he would always, you know, sit down with them yeah. and you know, he'd give me the clipboard so now his hands are free and you know, he would he, I, I have literally seen him offer to kneel down and pray with the family. Mm-hmm. First time I ever seen that. But whatever what, they need, whatever they need. And he would sit there and, you know, break, break the conversation and sit there and, you know, have that consoling nature. Not big, booming voice, nice, soft tone, mm-hmm. nice, caring tone, you know. Um, and, Really ask a question and then just wait for an answer. You're not pushing anything. Right. You're not pressing the family for details. Fuck getting a signature. <laughs> um, I don't care what administrator tells you, get uh, a fucking I'm sorry, signature. But, oh, by the way, do you have their insurance card? Right. Fuck off. Yeah, how impersonal is that? Fuck yeah. off. How impersonal? Um, I don't, like I said, I don't care what administrator yeah. is listening. You got their phone number. Fuck you got off. their address. You can send them a fucking bill. Exactly. Yeah. Send it. Oh, a, send it a week later. Better yet, write it off. This family just went through fucking That's hell. Worse. Like, like, are you I'm kidding? I'm sorry. I couldn't save your loved one, but here, you mind paying this for me? Right. right. Like, oh, maybe yep. for failing at a job, because in your eyes, I failed at this job. Right. Now pay me. And yeah. especially like, if you think about like what non-medical people, what do they see? We came in and we did not do what TV shows because. Right. Yeah. The majority, that's all they know. They know magic. your Grey's Anatomy is where, yeah. you know, they're flatlined. They shock them and they're like, <gasps> and they're magically right. and they're like, sit up and, yeah. Yeah. and walk out of there. I'd be yeah. sits right up. Right. Yep. Like, in their minds, it is, you can explain it seven ways a Sunday and they're never fully going to understand. Right. That, you know, yeah, we did everything we could. 
you just got to be there. You really do. And, you know, offering yourself to the family as a whatever sacrifice? they... No, 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 I'm <laughs> saying yes, yes whatever though, you, you need. Like, right. you know, you sit down, you cry with the family. You yeah. find, you know, I don't necessarily... I'm in Gerard's camp that I think my angry eyebrows and even even with my demeanor, I don't typically sit there and go, oh, hey, that picture has them on a cruise. What was that? Cru-? Like, I don't do that because oh, yeah, that is very yeah, I personal. I do too. And I think as females, you could get away with that. My wife could get away right. with that. It and, is. And, and, if and, someone and, did that for me, it's not being sexist. It's being realistic. It, it I is. Mean, you know, you a female presence is more calming. Correct. You know, to everybody, males, females, whatever. It, it's a guy. You know, I can't make my voice high. I can't. You know, not look the way I look. Right. You know, and and, I, and it's there is no something. No matter how much I want to be this, you know, giant teddy bear to them, and I do. I, and you know, I, I do the same thing. Hey, can I cook for you? Can I do things for you? Uh, whoever has a fire pager needs I, to die right I now. I never turn my Green Shut County notifications on. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. In the immortal words of Chris Rock, turn that shit off. <laughs> oh, uh, pro <laughs> tip, turn your two. pager off if you're giving a death notification. Yeah, right, Justin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turn your pager off. Turn your radio off. What's outside of this house does not, oh. this wherever you are, does not matter right now. I don't care if the world is burning. That's true. It doesn't matter. No, it, it's, Their it's exactly world is right. Apart. The last thing you want to be doing is saying, I'm sorry, but your loved one. It fully involves structure. Oh, shit, I got to go. But even going on another call, like, I understand that we're there because this person died doesn't mean that our job stopped. But right now, this is more important. They will find another ambulance for the next call. I will take the write up every fucking time for dropping a call because I'm going to sit on scene for 45 minutes. For that's this grieving wife that who's been married for fifty years and just lost her spouse. But now that's why, again, that's why there's mutual aid. But again, yeah. why is administr? I'm gonna attack administrators right now because why is administration sitting there writing you up for doing patient advocacy? You know what? Oh, well. because it doesn't no, pay it the bills. It's because it doesn't I, pay I the bills. Under, I understand that, but that's where we fail yes, as, as an, an EMS industry and EMS culture because we are fostering this fuck all of the humanity out of EMS. And you can't do that. You know what? Make them breakfast. Do what, like, Kelsey has seen me do this whole performance. I, like, I literally was like, yep, you're coming with me. Let's go. I also was never more thankful for that because literally three days later, I worked a shift and the medic completely just bailed on telling the family. And I was like, oh. I'm up. But that, to me, me, is the most heartbreaking thing. Like, this family just witnessed us go in, try and save their loved one, didn't do it, and then just walk out the door. Not not even even a word. Exactly. Exactly. That that is so heartbreaking to me. Like, you know, everyone always remembers the, you know, the bad waiter or the bad experience or whatever, and you are leaving them with, not only did you just leave them with a dead family member, but now you've left them with fuck off. So I, right. So I'll like, give you. We I, don't give a fuck about right. you. I will give you personal experience, and I will actually use a name because I think he deserves it. Oh boy. And do we know him? Is it oh good yeah. or bad? It's oh, it's good. It's good. Oh okay. Oh. So then this, I'm I'm for it. So oh yeah. So if anyone's listened to the other, you know, the podcast where we talked about you know all of our personal stuff, and you'll know what got me into EMS was you know. The, the cardiac arrest I was on, 
you know, my grandmother uh, went into cardiac arrest on me. And um, she saved it just for you. Just for me, because that's that's the way she was. She wanted to teach me a lesson. <laughs> One final lesson. You know, me, she knew I needed a kick in the ass to to get your life and get gear. my life in gear again. And that was her. it. And now you're sitting at a table in a bunker with us. Pretty much. Thanks. How it's far funny how have life you fallen? Works out. That is funny. Oh, by the way, yesterday was her birthday. So happy, happy birthday, birthday, Graham. Yeah. Graham. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So uh, again, it was one of the things. You know, she's 99 years old. She, you know, went into cardiac arrest. It, this, we knew she had a bad valve. You know, it, this was all known, but it was still like shocking. We're not fuck. prepared, right? I'm doing CPR on her. I'm freaking holding out every ounce of hope because you know, it really for me, it was like, kind of like my second mother, um, and in some ways, my first. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mom. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know. It, EMS shows up at the door, and uh, they come in, and they, of course, you know, pulled me off. Let me go stand over there, and they start doing their thing, you know. And that's where, of course, I was like, man, I don't like this feeling, and I kind of like what they're they're doing, and I want to do that, and that's why I started doing this. But one of their providers didn't get involved with any of the stuff that was going on once there were enough hands there. I, initially, he was he was part of the process. Once the paramedic arrived and some other people arrived, he jumped up and he got the clipboard. I hate to say it, but he came over to my mom who was standing there watching all this go down and she's a, she's a wreck. And he was so comforting, so sweet to her and kind. And, you know, he would, looking back now, I could see he was asking questions that he was getting answers to that he, that he needed. He needed. But, but she didn't even realize. Didn't even it. realize but there's a way it. to do it. He yeah. was, it was it was magic, and he and it was a horrible situation, and he made her feel just a little bit better. And even after you know when they took her away, um, because they actually did get her back. <laughs> Go figure that one out. And uh, so they transported, and you know he went through the whole thing. If you need us, you know here's you call the station, ask for me. You know we'll yep. we can keep you to tell you what's going on in the ambulance on the way. Well, you know, all this good stuff. Want get your things together? Go over, you know, to the tell us all how to get in, the, you know, to the emergency room. Go, you know, all this good stuff, and uh, and it was just this like thing, like wow, you know, when I started doing this, I started realizing there were a lot of people that don't do shit like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and I was like, why doesn't everyone do this? Because I, I, I remember when Wayne did that at my house, Big Wayne. So I know oh, Wayne. I love we, him. We all know Big <gasps> Wayne. So yeah. I don't know if he listens, but. Just for this table, I think Wayne has just earned himself a frothy, stone cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I believe so. A I broken just, skull IPA. I want to point out really quick, though. You remember you, you know, but yeah, that was both of you guys are talking about the fact that you know you'd pawn it off on a female, but you remember a guy doing it. So just because you're a male doesn't mean you're automatically right. at a disadvantage. And I, I guess you might have to work a little harder, but we all know those females who have the worst RBFs ever, and I wouldn't want right. them to tell somebody right. that they're rat that they didn't like that was chewing on their stove. <laughs> right. Died. right. I mean, you know, <laughs> right. again, you know, I, I don't, I don't. One comes to I mind. Don't say <laughs> things always, you know, the way I'm thinking them, but I mean, that's kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, but again. Okay, put it in perspective, though. This is, l- this is literally the, the, the groundwork that we're laying here is how many years ago did this happen? Uh, fuck, seven now. Seven, and you recall this like it was this morning. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. That is a good experience. That's what you want, though. That is yeah. exactly what you want. That family yeah. 
to recall what you did 10 years from now for their brother, sister, grandma, whatever. So when they call again, they know, you know, XYZ agency showed up. It was, you know, Gerard last time. Maybe it's not him this time. But I know that my loved one was taken care of then. They're going to be taken care of Right, Right. Because that family is going to tell all of their family, this is this is the experience that X Rescue Squad and X Paramedic and EMT or whatever gave us. But they will tell a hundred other people mm-hmm. if you yeah. fucked up and just walked out, right? And treated them like dog shit. And to Eight? go ahead, I'm to sorry. us, like I mean, not that it's just another person, but eventually you do this for long enough and some of it does dole off but to them like you are the person that quite literally just changed their world like they you are the i mean now it's a masked face but you are the face that they're going to remember well, hopefully not for much longer if you can't make eye contact with them if you're towering over them if you're going to be judgmental if you can't level with them that's all they're going to remember mm-hmm. it's not going to be the fact that my loved one just died it's going to be that this jerk just came in and couldn't even spend 10 minutes with me on the worst day of my life. Right. And because you know, you are who altered their life forever. Right. And you take that and you go one step further. And this is where, you know, when, when I was figuring all this out, um, I was told, you know, you have to think about that other person as another human. Well, that's, that's really easy to say. Right. Right. And most people are judgmental. You know, they go, oh, fuck, I'm going to another overdose. Ah, fucking heroin overdose. Fucking guy deserved it. Why are we even here, right? Ah, I've been to this house for the 67th time, right? We do that because we're all jaded and judgmental, right? But as a human, that just like your mom matters, your dad matters, your kids matter, your aunts matter, whoever matters in your circle. They matter to someone. That That is someone's son, daughter, father, brother, Even grandma, that, grandpa. They are someone. Right. They are somebody. Right. You know? And if you... doesn't matter what their circumstance is. Like, you have to go in and treat them just as someone. Like, you're not going to go in and be like, oh, yeah, they're a dirty pirate hooker and treat, like... Treat somebody's daughter like a dirty pirate hooker. You're not going to do that. But yet we do all All the the time. time. And I feel like that is a failure on the entire industry. Mm -hmm. Because we're the ones that are so, oh, well, we're so high and mighty because look at all the lives we save, right? We tout. We're the first ones to tout when we have a... Gerard, you're shaking your head, but how many of no, us? I'm, I'm, I'm like, sit I, don't, there. I don't really save anybody. Realistically, how many you do? Again. How many fucking T-shirts are there? Oh, we save lives. Fuck off. No, we don't. Right, I know what you mean. Right, but we're the first ones to advertise how incredibly awesome we are at saving a life. But now you're you're letting a family go down the tubes. Right. You know, because again, they're they're. They now are distraught, and now they distrust you. Mm-hmm. And now it's going to make it, you know, that much harder. You see it all the time, like, people who let their problems get really, really bad before they go get checked out because I don't like the hospital because the last person who went to the hospital exactly. died. Yes. And, and, you know, I think, honestly, as much of a disadvantage it is that we are in that person's home, we are where, you know, they spent the past 60 years, they raised their kids with this person, you are at an advantage because... You don't have the four white walls and all the beeping. 
This is where they are going to be the most comfortable to receive that news. But the minute you walk them into that hospital, it is medical all the way. So you do. You have those people that want to RMA because I'm not going because the last time somebody went there, they died. Mm-hmm. And but that that's I'm industry not going to call 911 now because the last time I called 911, X, they y, took them away died. and they died. But it doesn't matter, you know, like, okay, so I work for my home agency and that happened. But that family only knows that they called an ambulance and that happened. They mm-hmm. could live in fucking Florida. Right. They're still going to have that preconceived notion that all EMS sucks. Yep. Because of that one experience, because you didn't take 10 minutes to talk to them. Right. Yeah, and, you know, there's there's lots of times where uh, there is that notion of what we do, right? Nobody, EMS doesn't advertise well. Like, we don't sit, we let Hollywood and stories and, well, f- you know, big fishtails tell we, we, the story. We don't have a national union. Do, Fuck with the union. So, but anywho, like seriously, like we don't advertise ourselves well enough that the general public even knows what What our capabilities are. You know, they see it in Hollywood. They see it in, you know, like I said, crazy fishtails from, you know, whackers with pagers. And that's what they see. And now you're coming in and they have an expectation of what we're going to do. You, you have to level with that expectation. You know, and you have to meet that expectation. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Every single time. And if you just treat them as, oh, they're such a fucking pain. I wish they just go away and stop crying. You're the problem. Mm-hmm. It's not them. Remove yeah. yourself. I think the hardest issue that people have is like, in your mind, it's like anybody but me. And, you know, some people are really great at it and, you know, it. it is awful that they have to tell him, but you're like, I'd rather it be me than the jerk who I know what's going to come out of his mouth. Yeah. Or, there are a lot of people. But that that's how I started the that. The first thing that come, the first thing in their mind is like, I am making the quickest exit to this door because I am so uncomfortable right, right now. Right. But and like, I get it. You're uncomfortable. Suck it up. Cry it out in the ambulance afterwards. But that's why I started doing that. And that's why like, as soon as resources get there, I will take myself out of the patient care aspect and go because I don't want somebody else to fuck that up because that speaks to us as an industry. Right. And I don't want to look at this and be like, oh, well, I only do it to, you know, better EMS. No, fuck EMS. We've done, we digged our grave. We are where we're at. That family deserves better. And I don't want some retard to fuck that up yeah. because they, you know, want to get back to the station and eat their dinner. Or because it makes them uncomfortable and right. they have to have feelings. You know, I, I, well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, everyone is a human being and, you know, everyone has their own self-preservation mechanisms in their head, you know, so, I mean, yeah, you got ones that you just know are just fucking cocksuckers to begin with. But the thing is, is if you know that and you yeah. know your defense yeah. mechanisms, like, use your resources. Let right. somebody else right. do and that. And, and, right, and, and I think that's kind of where I was going with you know, the things I was saying is, like, you know, if it's something, you know, yeah, like, you know, the mom just watched, you know, the baby die. You know, yeah, knowing me, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm go- yeah, I want to hug her and tell her it's going to be okay and, you know, how, how, how shitty this is and how sorry I am, but I know she probably doesn't want to hear that from a dude like me. Yeah. She might want to hear it from her or from her. Yeah. You know, and have that comforting, gentle, you know, hand on their back, you know, things like that. I, where I, I, I'm a guy, I can't do that. And even if I could, I'm probably not the one that she wants it from, you know, um, in those situations, like I said, yeah, it's, it's, it's knowing what your limitations are and what you have around you to work with and you and know make, what, and, and use it. And you know? I think 
I'm going to steal one directly out of your playbook, Emily. Oh, boy. Do better. Yeah. Like, that's what it comes down to. We all just have to choose to do, do better. better. Yeah. Like, it's not hard to be a good person. Like, that's really all it, it comes down to. It actually takes effort to be a terrible person. Seriously. So save and yourself yeah. the effort. Right. It really does, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, like, I mean at, at a, you know, I hate to say, like, at your regular average everyday cardiac arrest, you know, yeah, I mean, to me, it's natural to go to talk to the family and offer myself to them. Well, that's it's just it. Natural. I, would, I would prefer you know? to do what Emily does. Yeah, I, I mean, don't, I, I, I pushing me, an I, epi I, is a monkey skill. Yeah. Yeah. Helping a family out makes me feel like I'm doing something better. And you know what? The thing that kills me is like, you can sit there and like, you can direct somebody every set a timer on your phone and every three minutes, you're going to open that box and you're going to push that. Yep. And like, yeah, does it violate protocol? Sure. The reason that I got into the role of going to talk to family is because I'd be like, oh, let me grab the epi. And they're like, you're basic. You can't do that. Okay. It's well, I'll go be useful. I'll go do more than twist right. a so thing instead into of a sitting thing here, and push. Right. So instead you of sitting know? here with my thumb up my ass, let me go talk to the family. <laughs> and that's how I started that. And then I see how people will talk to families. And I'm like, I would be so disgusted mm. knowing everything that I know. If that was my family member, I would be fucking disgusted. And with you this were industry. just in the yeah. corner and nobody said anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else that you guys want to leave? Kids. I, I think kids. What about kids? Not, not dying kids but kids if there's kids? a kid there yeah mommy just died not even that kids is in yeah. grandma. So 16 yeah, grandma just died. even a 16 year old yeah. even if it's mom dad and two kids because most of the time the family's probably gonna try and hide it from them and you can only do so much right but don't skirt around it just because they're a kid because i remember my uncle passed away it was a you know oh you know you can't i i wanted to see him like I need to see with my own two eyes. I'm stubborn. That's just how I was. And both my parents were like, no, it's okay. And I was like, no, I need to do it. And if that's what they need, I get it. They're a kid, and this is going to change everything for them. But you can be 50 and have this be the first death in your family, or you can be 12. It is going to affect you just the same. You can't sugarcoat it no matter their age. You have to get permission from mom and dad, whoever's there. But just because they're a kid doesn't mean you have to do treat it any differently right and i think i would go one step further in it depends at least in my book in the age bracket yeah right if they're eight like if if you know i would expect if i died right here and not. well i'm just my pacemaker will keep me alive it's fine <laughs> um <laughs> we've called it 10 hours ago but that pacemaker is still going right, on it'll it's fine keep you um, why does he still have a rhythm? He's like cold and brickish. Um, <laughs> but, but seriously, like I would expect Jess to take both boys out of, out of the way, right. you know, Jess understands what's going on and she's going to break the news to the boys in a, in a manner that they were going to understand, you know? And I remember when, um, my, uh, my great grandma passed away. We were at the hospital and I was probably no more than seven, seven, eight years old. And I was out like mom, grandparents, they were all upstairs in the hospital room. I was downstairs playing checkers with my dad, holding my stuffed dog. And I didn't know any better. Grandma was sick upstairs, 
right? I didn't find out until the funeral that like no one was going to see yeah. great grandma any, you know, anymore. Right. And you know, it was I couldn't tell you how it was broken to me. I just found out. You know, and th- and yeah. let the parents do it for young kids in their own special manner. Right. You know, remove those kids. I agree with you. you I know? like if it's I a teenager, sure. It's up to the teen. But if it's a under 12, that's a parent let decision. Let mom decide. But like ask mom, do you want me to tell you know, your child, you know, do you want me to put them in the room? Do you want me to put a movie on? You know, whatever the right. case may be. Do you need me to do it? Don't, right. right. Don't just forget about them. But I, I'm with you. Like, older kids, they Give make their own decisions. Give them the opportunity. Right. And don't take that opportunity away from them. Right. So, let me be the fucking bringer of darkness. Oh, because okay. that's what not if, a shocker. Shocker. What if it's mom and dad that are gone and you've got the kid? See, that's when it benefits to be a parent. Yes. Me being a female means jack shit because I don't have kids. Right. That's true. when it benefits to be a parent. That's true. You know, because, because I, I, whoever's the parent. I bet I could figure a way into that situation yeah. because I will say prior to having my boys, I had no idea how to talk to a kid. I had no idea how to deal with a kid. I had no idea how to assess a kid. Nothing. Once Roman was born, it was like a switch was flipped, and oh my god, a pediatrics just a little mini human being. Like I wasn't scared to talk to him. I could figure out, okay, how old are you, kid? Okay, I'm eight. Well, cool. I have an eight year old, or I have someone around that age. Like mm-hmm. he's into this. Are you into that? Like, hey, right. this is what he watches on Netflix. You want my phone? You want like you could watch something yeah, on you know whatever. Like you can you. I agree. Parent, if you have a, a parent that's also yeah. a provider, be like, yo, resource. D- yeah, yeah, no. Deal with this. I totally would pass that. Not pass it along, but like, I don't have kids. I never had to deal yeah. with anything child related. You know, I babysat. Sure. I would totally pass that right off because, to you. Because at that point, guaranteed, they are asking, what happened to mommy? Yeah. What happened to daddy? Are they going to be okay? When are they going to come home? When are they coming home? And it's going to break your heart. To tell them they're not. But but you, again, that might not be your place. Yeah. Right? It's not always, because again, you are the stranger yeah. right. that they have no yeah. attachment to whatsoever. Yeah. So you know what? This is where I will say fake it till you make it. Yes. Keep them distracted. Keep them happy. Keep them hopeful. We're doing everything the doc, you know, the paramedic is like a doctor. They're working on your mom. You know, or they're not even working. They're helping your mom. They're fixing, you know, the the scrapes and the cuts. Talk to them at their age level so they understand. Right. Kids are so fucking smart. Don't treat them like they're morons. Exactly. They know what exactly. the fuck is going on. And and they know something's wrong. Damn Skippy, they do. Mommy and daddy do. are not here and they're strange people in my house. They know something's they wrong. They know something's the matter. And that's when you go, hey, you know, do you have an auntie? Do you have an uncle? Do you have a Mima? Right. Do you have a, a Mimi? Like, whatever. Get that person yeah. in. Grab them at the door and be like, this is what's going on. You take them. Figure out what so the you fuck have to you want to do. them and then say, hey, now that you know, right. you need to figure out a way to talk to Exactly. Let the family do it. Yeah. It's not up to you at that point. I agree. 
Yeah. I, I, it, it is a great point you brought that up. Yeah, I mean, it's I not, didn't it's, even it's, think it's, of bringing that up. That's it was something that had to be dealt with. Thank you. Yeah. What do you do when it's mommy and daddy and there's nobody left? No aunt, no uncle. There's You're somebody. Right. There's somebody in that kid's life that they, is it a teacher? Right. Is it, is there's it a somebody, friend? Right. There's yeah. somebody in that kid's life yeah. that you just they have, trust more than me. Right. You just have to track it down. Exactly. You know, and that's where, you know, hey, cop, somebody track down who this kid, even if it's me and a cop. Hey, you know, this yeah. is so-and-so police officer. Kids know police officers, right? Right. And they know firemen, right? They, they don't know, know EMS. Yeah, I was like, they, they know, know ambulances. Right? But well, they know the ambulances, you know? <laughs> these are these are resources that you can utilize and try and get, hey, do you have a next-door neighbor that, you know, watches you? Do you have a you know, best friend? Like, who's your best friend? Yeah. Oh, it's Timmy from down the road. Okay, do you know Timmy's last name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Hey, get on the horn to Timmy. Go send the cop down to Timmy's house. Bring Timmy's parent over yeah. here. Right? Something. Or bring the kid to Timmy's house. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I've i come to find out that I, I kind of like you, even though I'm not a parent, I, I, I enjoy pediatric calls. Yeah. I had no idea I was good with kids until somebody pointed it out. I'm like, oh, you're really good with kids. I'm like, no shit, really? Because you're a child. I had no fucking <laughs> idea. That is true. It's true. <laughs> I have no trouble men- yeah, mentating at their level. <laughs> you know, so uh, like, oh shit, aliens. fucking Transformers, fuck yeah, let's play. You yep. can't say the F word. I mean, fuck shit. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm pretty bad with kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uncle Gerard seems to suit you well in yeah, my house. I like it. I like it. Oh, there's nothing better than when they just like out of the blue just call you that, and you're just like, "Oh my god, yep, I'm Fuck. family." That's so awesome. But uh, but that also like you can't do a call like that and just run off. No. Oh no. well, they're dead, so my job's done. Goodbye. No. No, I mean, I, no, no. Uh, yeah, I remember just you know. Again, you become the social. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just kind of distracting, keeping the kid distracted and and whatnot, and uh, yeah, just you know, I. I I know for me personally, I just I didn't know how to say it, and I didn't want to, so I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I said no. Nah, I, I, you know, oh, almost the same thing you all were saying is like, oh, they, everyone, the doctors are working on are going to be working on mommy. That's why you know they they took her away in the in the ambulance. Yep. And we were like waiting on scene for like grandma or somebody to show up to get the kid, and uh, you know, is mommy going to be okay? I don't know. Um, I hope so. Yep. Know? I right, really don't do. lie to them. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, because they know. No, do not lie. Yeah, that they was my know. biggest thing was, they know. was don't, like, literally in my head, I'm like, don't say anything that's going to fuck this kid up. Don't say anything right. that's yeah. going to fuck this kid up. Don't make any you know? promises <laughs> right. you can't keep. Right. Right. And again, they know. Yeah. They know, you know. Um, I can't pull the wool over my kid's eyes. Yeah. They're eight and six. If something's the matter, they know, you know. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, again, I think it's just, realizing that kids are a whole lot more developed than people give them credit Mm -hmm. for, you know? Um, And they look at the world in a, in a, a, such a different fashion than we do. You know, we look at one thing like clean your room, you know? And they look at cleaning their room as picking up this toy and that toy Mm -hmm. and cleaning their bed and like, it's a right. whole, that's why it's so daunting. They look at the world so differently than we do. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, I think if you realize that, you really can get through to them. Um, and you know, I always just remember that, like, in my head, I always, like, for that, when I, I, I kept, believe it or not, it sounds weird, but I was thinking about, you know, don't forget the law of primacy. Things first learned are best remembered. Yeah. So don't make this kid's, you know, memory of this our event. interaction be something that's going to fuck this kid up the rest right, of his yeah. life. You Because are they going to trust EMS ever right. again? You know, yeah. oh, they lied to mom. You know, they lied about mommy, yeah. you know, and fuck them. Yeah. I'm never going with them ever again. Right. You know, and it's true. You know, it's the same thing. Oh, I watched somebody go. I watched family member go away in the ambulance. They died in the hospital. I ain't going yeah. to the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost that trust. Yeah. So anything else that you guys want? I think this was a very good discussion. And I hope that people work on taking the opportunities to do these on scenes, you know, working with providers that do it well, you know, and being like, hey, I'm going to shadow you. But the next time, like if we get this. Oh, it's my turn. It's my yeah. turn, yeah. you know, and you can jump in there and support me, whatever. Like Kelsey's going to have it. Because mm-hmm. next time I'm going to be like, I'm just here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just, I just think of like what an important role that is. And yeah. Yeah. Don't take it for granted. Yeah. It's not, it's not to be taken lightly. It's not, it's not something that, okay, here's how I'm going to notify X plus Y equals Z. You know, it, it, it's an important, it's an important position that we just, we just have as part of the fucking, as part of the deal. Right. You know, and. You sign, family, you sign you on the dotted line. This yeah. is part of the contract. And at, at that moment, you were probably one of the most important people in that family's life right then and there. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, keep that in mind. That, you know, don't be a dick. Right. Plain and, and simple. I think, I think the biggest thing, because I feel like everybody listening to this probably wanted some magic solution on how do I do it right? You know, how do I not screw it up? How do don't I be, a dick. be okay with <laughs> it? Do better. And I think <laughs> right. like the only thing yeah. you can do is be honest and own it. I mean, I've cried plenty of times Same after cardiac arrest. If you have to go cry, if you have to go scream in your ambulance, I don't care what you got to do afterwards. Own honesty. it now. Yes. Own it now. One. But you know honest. what? Like but honesty to yourself as well. And the family yeah. appreciates that though. Like the fact that you're crying over somebody that you didn't know or that, you know, they're telling you a story and you're crying, like they appreciate the fact that you are feeling it. So don't be afraid. Like don't hide from it. Don't run away from it. Don't be a dick. Right. Do better. Do better. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. I got them all in there, didn't I? <laughs> Come on. You did great. It was fantastic. <laughs> she just said she got... T- I'm not even going there. <laughs> nope. See, that's you what said, I said, don't be a dick, and she goes, well, I got them all in there, and I'm like, oh. no. Nah. Oh, that's bad. I, so, wouldn't, I wouldn't even go on that. Gosh, You're a horrible, horrible a person. Episode. Don't be a dick, Tori. You're a dick, having man. a sappy episode, wow. you just what threw that in bag. there. <laughs> oh, a dick joke. No way. Somebody <laughs> made a dick joke. <laughs> Don't do that on cardiac arrest. At this table, they made a dick joke. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) Say it isn't so. I know, right? Well, guys, that's it for today. We will see you on the 15th. Happier donuts. (laughs) And no dicks. (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like more information on the podcast or to send us a call to review, visit medicmaterials.com forward slash podcast. To learn more information, like us on Facebook at Medic Materials EDU or watch our weekly instructional videos on the Medic Materials YouTube channel.